This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. What does it take to maintain a fulfilling love life after kids? Studies show that after having a baby, 67% of couples see their marital satisfaction plummet. Dr. Sheetal Kini, clinical psychologist and couple specialist at Lighthouse Arabia, is back for our monthly relationships masterclass. And today we talk what you can do to keep the spark alive in your relationship after you become parents. Get in touch with your questions for Dr. Sheetal on 4215 on Itta Salat or Do or on Instagram. You can get in touch on at Pulse 95 Radio. That's all to come next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Having a baby can be one of the most miraculous, joyful and life-changing events that can be experienced. But as the joy and the chaos around the newborn unfolds and new routines become established, the parent's relationship tends to take a back seat and can even begin to suffer under the strain of the huge changes that come, much of which are out of the couple's control. Not only do parents often see their relationship suffer, but one study showed that almost one third of partners fall into the clinical range of marital distress during the first 18 months after birth. To talk us through it and to help us find the answers, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Life Beat Studio, Dr. Shi Talkini. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so, so good to have you. Um, and, you know, this is maybe, I don't know, this could be the, the ultimate challenge really to a relationship mm-hmm. when you have kids because mm-hmm. the change uh, that happens, having done it twice myself, <laughs> um, it just, you can read all the books, you can, you know, do all the classes and the prep and whatever that you think you need. Nothing prepares you for that moment, even though you might have been wanting kids. Right. Um, but the changes are incredible because on the one hand, you've got the euphoric joy that can come with that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's depression. So the emotional you know, roller coaster. Right. But then on the other hand, you've got all of the changes, the routines that you suddenly have to put into place because you've got a new life, you know, within the family. It's incredible. It's it's the ultimate ambivalence and the ultimate mix of emotions. Yeah. Um, actually, if you think about all the prep that typically people do or hear about doing, it's all about childcare. And what do you need to know about pregnancy? What do you need to know about um, taking care of this like newborn who is completely dependent on you for survival? Um, and you have so much to think about just in terms of the baby that what you don't perhaps prepare for is what is my life going to look like? 
um, what am I going to need? Am I going to stay the same or am I going to change? Um, how is my dynamic with my partner going to change? How is my dynamic with my friends going to change? I mean, I don't think anybody asks that, those questions of especially exactly. how is my dynamic with my partner going to change? No, because I mean, in a way, it's like you, you want to think about all the positives, right? You want to think about the fact that it's going to bond us in like an amazing, beautiful way, which it does. <laughs> But it does. However, <laughs> however, um, there are so many other factors to think about. Um, and I, I want to kind of talk about it one by one because it would it would make it a little bit more clear as to why um, these are important factors. So let's talk about the changes and, and let's talk about, you know, as well, what studies have found, you know, right. uh, uh, partnerships, relationships to go through after the birth of a newborn child. Yes. So um, actually, I want to start by talking about the biological changes mm. because um, so as a couple therapist, in fact, I have seen a lot of the cases that I do see in couples when they come in and they try to talk about their relationship history and where things started to go south a little bit. I mean, some couples had it coming for a while, but in the majority, it was after the first child and then worse after the second child. Wow. And if you had a third child, then at that point, it was, I mean, it's kind of sad to think that this successive progression or like decline in the relationship. I feel like, you know, you become so vulnerable, you know, as parents and as human beings when you have a new child uh, in the family. It kind of strips away, um, you know, what we had built up, what we had thought, you know, is our idea of ourselves and our, our idea of ourselves within a partnership, you know, with within a marriage. And exactly. That's really difficult. It is. And, you know, not to sound like a Debbie Downer on having babies or, you know, don't have children. Of course not. But I think if you think about these changes that are going to happen, it would be good. So, for instance, um, women tend to actually go through a neurological change, like their brain changes in a way when they have a baby. Cool. Baby so brain, isn't it? it? Well, it's like mama bear mode. Yeah. So you become extremely protective of your child. You are constantly monitoring if your child is breathing or, you know, like the sense of um, I'm freaking out about whether or not my child is alive. Oh, 100 percent. I wanted to get one of those. I didn't, but I wanted to get one of those. um, The heart rate monitors, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can get the breathing monitors and then they've got ones with video and um, (laughs) they can sense, you know, the heartbeat of the baby. and, And my husband was like, it's fine. It's fine. Exactly. It's okay. She'll be fine. You freak out. You think. But think about it. The most, the, the calmest of people suddenly go through this. And I've had women talk to me going like, I think I'm going crazy. And when I normalize, they're like, wait, this is normal. So it's not, you know, completely unimaginable that I've become this new person. I'm yeah. like, no, it's part and parcel of the process. But imagine what happens in the dynamic, right? You have a mom who thinks she knows Like she has all this responsibility and she's extremely particular about every single thing to do with the child. And at the same point, um, the father is thinking, "Okay, how can I what should I do? You know, can I help or can I not help? And the mother tends to be quite critical of the father a lot of the times. Yes. So the father is eventually like, "Okay, you know what? I'm just not going to get this right. I'm going to focus on, you know, bringing home, you know, the the support, the financial Mm -hmm. bit and Eventually, what tends to go about is this conventional gender role split. Now, even in the most egalitarian or like we both work and we both run the household kind of couples, because there has to be a pause and the 
you know, at least right after the baby's born, you, you see the mom kind of focusing on the baby and then the father going like, oh, my Lord, I have to now provide for this family. Where would you put your attention where you feel criticized or where you feel like you're doing a good job? Of course, it's going to go to work because that's where you feel appreciated. Exactly. So we see this kind of natural split. The guy feels like, you know what, I'm just going to do this because this is the only way I feel like I'm contributing at this point. Yeah. And the woman's like, you know, my baby, I need to like protect this. But usually if, if mom and dad are not talking, dad's getting resentful because dad feels like I'm not really part of the picture. And all I'm the not appreciated. Is, I'm not appreciated. Even though they might be trying and they might get it wrong, you know, and, yeah. and then we just, you know, lose it because we're like, fine, I'll just do it myself. Exactly. So now the dad's like, okay, you know what? I can't get it right. And now you and the baby, you and the baby, I'm like an outsider. And the mom's feeling like, why don't you contribute? And this is your baby too. And why can't you be there? You know, so this is the most common cycle that couples fall into. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's true. And then it just kind of... If you don't think about it and if you don't address it, it just kind of gets worse and worse and worse. It does. And actually, for a while, right after delivery, um, as women, we're not really in the right state of mind completely. We're, I mean, not, not to make I it love, sound like... No, no, no. What's important <laughs> is that you're saying this from a scientific point of view. I am, I am. So it's fine. Yes, this is, yes. A, this is a natural change. It's we a, are not in no, our you know, we best are, state of mind. Let's look at all the things we're going through, right? Yeah. Complete sleep deprivation. I mean, 100%. even if, um, and I know that this is a choice some people, you know, feed naturally versus formula or whatever. But for those women who are feeding naturally, I mean, they're waking up every two, three hours. Mm-hmm. There's no, even if the father wants to help and get up, can't feed the child. <laughs> the mother yeah. has to, you know, um, thinking about the skin and your hair falling and your hormones going all over the place. And um, sometimes postpartum depression. Yep, that's right. You, I mean, you might be wanting that child, but suddenly you're feeling, you know, your home hormones are going crazy. Um, you're healing as well from the actual birth process. Yes. And that itself. And I, I got the statistic that on average, even with the best delivery and the best pregnancy, it takes your body six to nine months to recover from all the nutritional um, uh, deprivation that happened to you because your child, you know, took it from you. Six to nine months, people. For and, the body to just come back to and, normal. And then you see celebrities, you know, bouncing back a month later and you're like, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no, pressure. <laughs> we got to keep this conversation going. It is so important. This is, uh, you know, something that uh, doesn't get enough attention. I'm so glad we're talking about it today. What happens to us as parents, as partners, after we have kids, all of these changes that happen, uh, but what can we do about it? What's important is we have strategies for what we can mm-hmm. do to kind of regain that spark within the relationship. More to come on Life Beats after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. We are talking the decline that can happen in your relationship, in intimacy, in how you feel about each other romantically. So many different levels um, after you have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a great, it's a great time. And congratulations to everybody who's got <laughs> kids or is expecting or whatever. We're not here to scare you, but you know there are things that are really important to talk about and think about and put out there. Absolutely, I think the more you can 
either preempt it or even now after you've had kids even now think about what has happened because it's not it's not something that's uh, unique to arab culture it's not something that's unique to subcontinental culture Mm-mm. it's it's this is across the board dr sheetal isn't it it is and that was the most amazing thing when i did research on this is that this 67% that you were talking about or even more in some parts it's global global regardless Everybody. of culture yes everybody feels it it's such a huge change such a huge shift and we were talking about um uh, the changes that can happen physiologically yes to women mm-hmm. um and and how that can affect their relationship um it, you know you've also got things like a sudden loss of time absolutely that's if, a big one if you think about all of your time like a pie chart and you know you divide it up into the things that took up your time before now you have this immensely beautiful gorgeous thing in your life that's going to take up you tell me Sally how long how much of this pie chart did it take up for you when you when you had Janine oh my gosh 90% 90% it was just like you know you just didn't have every time you tried to sit down for a meal the the kid would start crying um you know you couldn't get things together and the funny thing is and i hear this a lot as well um you know when you're at home taking care of a child i was lucky enough i had the privilege to be able mm-hmm. to stay at home to take care of her in her early years and her sister as well yeah. um the husband may come home and just kind of go, well, what were you doing all day? Oh, boy. And then you're kind of <laughs> like, well, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> it's just it, it kind of, you know, we were talking about that resentment of, of yeah. that disconnect between the, the roles, the division of roles between husband and wife. Exactly. That can happen. And it's just like, and it's, you, you almost don't appreciate each other anymore because, um, you know, you think, oh, I wish I was working because, you know, that is so much easier than taking care of a kid. And then your husband looks at you going, I have no idea what you were doing all day. You know, exactly. it looks like you did nothing. You've been sitting around while I was toiling away. Mm. Um, and this is the hard part is that, you know, you just can't you have something like literally attached to you now. You, you have to be with your child because your child is actually depending on for survival. And fundamentally, that's going to bring about a boundary uh, or like lack of boundary between you and another individual that you've always had. You've always had you as, an, as a person, as an you know, identity. And now you're kind of fixed with something else. Yes. With someone else. So for your husband to understand that, for you to understand that, what does that mean? How am I going to feel about my own self, let alone understand how I'm impacting you as my partner? These are the kind of conversations we need to have. Plus, think about your family. Now, some of us are lucky to have family around us. Some of us are expats. We don't have family both extremes actually impact us. When we have a, a newborn or we have an infant, we need all the support we can use, right, on one hand. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, too much interference. And everyone wants to come see the baby. Everyone wants to Whoa. tell you how to parent. Oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion. Everyone. Including people who have no kids at all. Yes. And you're just like, have you done this before? <laughs> have you been? Because especially, you know, when you're a new parent and you, you, you're looking at these people who have no kids, you're like, I've read all the books. I was giving advice to people before and this is not. Exactly. The, no. You cannot even begin to imagine. Now, you may be able to ignore friends and other people, but if it's in-laws, if it's your own parents, um, if you're, you know, you have a difference of opinion with your own partner. It's a whole other layer of yeah, you know, friction. Exactly. So even thinking about 
how am I going to feel with people around? Am I going to need that? Am I not going to need that? Am I going to have certain feelings about your parents versus my parents? Talk about all of this. Talk about this before you have a baby. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a huge factor. Talk about the fact that there's not going to be enough time. What are you going to do about that? Um, and how are you going to... Because, you know, a lot of times with the dad going to work and mom being at home, um, it's kind of a given that, well, mom's going to be up in the night because dad has to sleep through the night so he can go to work. Exactly. But trust me, if the woman does not get sleep, and this is a scientific fact, that there's higher chances of postpartum depression, there's higher chances of hormonal difficulties and longer time to recover from the pregnancy... If mom doesn't get a sleep break every now and then, as much as it is hard for the dad to not sleep enough and then have to, you know, um, which guess uh, go what? To work. She yeah. was trying to do that during the day, you know, while he was out at work because she didn't sleep through the night. And yeah. she's trying to catch those naps when the baby naps during the day. But even at those, all, if at all. But yeah. see, this may feel a little unfair to men because I've had this conversation where, you know, the guy's been like, look, you know, I have to go to work. That's why I need to sleep. So I don't need to get up in the mo- in mm. the middle of the night and change diapers. Yeah. But honestly, even if it is once every couple of days or whatever, let your wife sleep because she needs it. It'll be good for you (laughs) in the long run and for the relationship. We're going to be talking about what else uh, would be good for you, how to create shared meaning in a relationship, uh, making life dreams come true, all of the the sound um, relationship foundations that we need Mm -hmm. for that relationship house that we talk about quite often on this show. We're going to come back to that idea, building love maps. Uh, There's a lot to talk about because we want to turn all of this around. Everybody knows it's really hard. But, you know, we're trying to fix it. So here we go. Uh, Dr. Sheetal Keeney uh, next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse95. We're back with Dr. Sheetal Kini of Lighthouse Arabia discussing a topic that uh, I don't think gets enough attention, and that is how do you, as a couple, keep that relationship alive after you've had kids? Because that is one of those life-changing events that are so difficult to to kind of um, get past, really, if you haven't prepared for it, if you haven't had these conversations, Dr. Sheetal. So... You know, you said, how do you keep the relationship alive? And how do you kind of go about this? And the first and foremost thing is talk. Mm. Talk about what's going on. Um, And obviously, I'll I'll share a little bit more about what you should be talking about. So if you remember um, when I explained the main components of what keeps a relationship successful in the sound relationship house, there's the friendship system, the conflict management system, and then the common um, values and shared, shared meaning system. Yeah. Um, in a very basic way, um, you tend to forget your friendship. Let's just start with the very bottom. You know, yes. you you, um, you may go and and talk to your coworker. Uh, like dad might go and talk to his coworker, or maybe not even mom might talk to another mom, um, and you know, kind of complain about what's going on, and turn toward that person instead of you know, I used to turn to you. You used to be my best friend. You used to be the person that I would talk to. But now you are the person I have a problem with. So I can't go to you anymore. Mm. Um, so you don't know how to turn toward each other. You don't even know who you are anymore. 
you don't know who you are personally so it's pretty like how how sure are you that you know who your partner is how intrigued are you now to find out okay you know what have you found yourself feeling differently as a person um what has parenthood done to you like do you I have know, these conversations i don't think does anybody ask each other that question that's an amazing question you know how are you feeling now yeah. after we've just become parents yeah. you know what does this mean to you and i know i mean the, the thing is that it you think to yourself it, it does come out you know suddenly um and and it's a beautiful thing you know when your husband um is to, looks at the child the same way that you look at the child mm-hmm. that this is like the most precious thing that's come into our lives that suddenly you know they understand that there is this whole new love right. this whole new level of love as well um but you do still forget that you need to reconnect as well despite the fact that you are both connecting over this incredible you know new being that's in your life as exactly. well exactly and it's not a competition like mm. who is more important because mm. i think there tends to be this feeling like right now drop everything everything is about this baby yes yeah. there's and practically speaking maybe there's no time you know yeah. you are just so exhausted both of you mom and dad are so exhausted there's just no time to think about these things but um if you can even once a week get some external support and be able to have conversations where you prioritize each other and you do not you do not talk about the baby <laughs> there has to be rule number 1 rule number 1 that's the problem you get to date night after having kids and all you can think about is the baby exactly because that's all that's been on your brain there has to be a moratorium on baby talk because guess what you are going to speak about the baby throughout the week it's going to be logistics and home admin and logistics and home admin the whole time yes um so the question is how do you prioritize each other right um First of all, people think, you know, I need to do a big gesture. Like after 4 months, I'll book us a staycation in right. Fujairah. Right, exactly. You think, "Oh, I've got to plan a trip away." Exactly. We've got to do something like that. That's, you know, we've got to get away from all of this. Exactly. It's got to be big and it's got to be fancy. Yeah, you know, let me make it up to you. Mm. I'm sure mom's feeling like that. Let me make it up to you. I've been ignoring dad. Dad's feeling like that. I've been ignoring you or whatever. I've been running away from the kid or the mom. So, it's not about the big gestures at all. It's actually yes. Glad. Yes, it's not about it. It's about what you're doing in your day to day. It's about acknowledging that there is a distance between us. I mean, how often are we doing that? Can we just acknowledge that it can be so difficult because you know, there's um it's 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 that feeling of inadequacy. It's it, yeah. of, of you know you're not living up to uh, up to who you should be mm-hmm. somewhere in your life mm-hmm. okay you're trying to be the best parent you're trying to be the best mom the best dad whatever it is yes. however you know there there's a lot that's lacking and that can be really difficult to um to address and this could be a wonderful place where instead of suffering silently where a lot of couples do this you know dad's feeling a lot of guilt for being away and for um you know am i a good enough provider am i a good enough dad mom's feeling constantly like i should be better i should be better you know did my mom do it this way did they do it that way um and well, so they're telling you you should be doing exactly. that way exactly um and yeah. so everyone's suffering silently but instead if they could turn towards each other and provide reassurance like you're doing an amazing job right thank you for what you do because what you do allows me to do what i do that goes such a long way 
that it goes really such a lot. Like the smallest um, acknowledgement of appreciation. Um, Absolutely. Because everyone's struggling. You know, this is a new role for everybody in the relationship. And Seriously. everybody's struggling. It is. And that, that's the part that no one talks about. The toll that having a kid will take on your self-esteem. Mm. Wow. Huge. Because it will. I mean, one of my colleagues tells me, you know, she's like, the mommy guilt never goes away. It never goes away. It's true. Is it true? It's true. <laughs> I don't have a kid yet, so it's a little <laughs> scary to think about. <laughs> it's true. The, the, you know, even as they grow, you still have that thing, that mommy guilt, so, you know, whether you start working or you don't work or you listen to one person and you don't listen to another or yeah. you, you always have this thing of, you know, can I be doing this better? Can I be doing more? Can I be doing more? Sh- I should be doing more. And if it looks, you know, if, if for a moment, you know, something goes wrong, you know, you freak out and you think, oh, I'm the worst parent ever where... Actually, you're trying your best and that's great. Exactly. And another thing is about what happens, the, the expectations we put upon ourselves. So a lot of times, so moms are kind of going through this. On the other hand, dad is thinking, I need to really provide. I mean, I need to give my kid everything I didn't have or more. Um, and this is how I'm going to secure a really good future. And I'm going to get really, you know, serious about my career now. Mm-mm. Now is the time because this is for our kids. This is for the kids. So a lot of times what I hear mom saying is, well, I'm, I'm toiling away. This is for the kids. And dad saying, I'm working long hours, but this is for the kids. So when I talk about what about the two of you, we don't have time for each other. This is for the kids. And I said, if you don't spend time together, you're going to separate. So if it's for the kids, then do it for the kids. You know, hang out with each other, prioritize each other for the kids because there won't be a marriage unless you do that. That's what you we forget. That's what married couples forget. You can be doing everything right for the kids. Yes. But actually, what came first was the two of you. Yeah. And if the there's two no of two you of you, still have to come first. Exactly. Even after the kids. And also, I mean, this is. You are their example for what a relationship should look like. Oh, that is so golden. Honestly, a lot of our blueprints of, you know, our own expectations of marriage when we grew up depends on what we've seen. Mm -hmm. Either we want exactly what we've seen growing up or we run away from it completely. You want the opposite. You want the opposite or you think this is normal. Yes. Um, I've had parents who become roommates, literally. Roommates, just like, you know, like passing ships in the night. There's just... There's no connection. There's nothing. They're just discussing logistics all the time. And, you know, those kids are going to kind of think, okay, this is normal. You know, they don't fight. Cool. That's good. But they just kind of exist with each other. Exactly. It's not enough just to exist. It's not an absence of conflict. It's not enough. That's not enough. That is not a healthy relationship. We're going to talk a, a bit more coming up next with Dr. Sheetal about how to grow that relationship. Mm-hmm. So vital. That's next on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Coming back with Dr. Sheetal Kini. I tell you what, the the conversation online and offline is um, incredible because this topic really... uh, Everybody needs to hear this. And I can see a lot of people um, sending this to their partners, the podcast, and saying, you need to listen to this Mm -hmm. so that we can talk about this because there's a lot, you know, here. Um, And we're talking about how to grow your relationship back again. And it may not look the same as it did before you had kids. Mm -hmm. You've both changed. It's a new situation now. 
but how do you make it something that is fulfilling that is uh, you know going to grow and be a great example to your kids as well because we talk a lot about doing things for the kids well actually they need to see you know what a beautiful marriage looks like exactly so what do we need to do so it's as I said, it's not the big gestures; it's the day to day. First of all, very important to have this one conversation about roles and expectations. So, when we got married, maybe we discussed what kind of marriage we want, and you know, some couples actually have that conversation; some couples don't. But regardless, once you do have a baby, it's time to discuss. Okay, what is it going to look like now? How are we going to be a family? Um, What kind of father, what kind of mother do you want to be? Um, What kind of wife or husband do you want to be? Um, What are our expectations of providing and parenting? Like these are amazing conversations to have and it's never too late. And I... When I've done, I've done a talk on this before at the lighthouse and I look at mothers looking at me like it's been five years and we've never discussed this. And I say, you know what? It's fine. It's, it's okay. Even if you've had a 10 year old at this point, still have this conversation. It's never too late. Um, after you've had these conversations, um, it's the day to day, as I said. So when you feel like there's no time, think about your greetings and your partings. So as you, um, leave for work you know if both part if both partners are leaving for work or Mm -hmm. one partners um at least give each other seven seconds of uninterrupted eye contact eye contact just look at each other just give give each other a hug you know tell each other that you will miss each other or that have a nice day or you know what's what what is today looking like for you just without any interruption just seven seconds this is the the funny thing. This all sounds so simple, Dr. Sheetal. I know. Um, but obviously from, from your experience, you're seeing this really just missing from people's lives. It is because it, and it feels like it needs to be more. It's the mindlessness. You're just constantly going from task to task to task to task. Mm. And if you're really telling me that you don't have a minute before you leave to just look at your partner i mean how often do we just go okay okay leaving bye bye everyone's like doing their own thing and you know just kind of rush out the door because you're always running late yes in the mornings especially yes come on you can sleep one minute less you can give that to your partner you can that's just yeah sorry it's incredible (laughs) and uh, just it, it makes me emotional thinking about that that you know we all get so drowned in our day-to-day routines that we forget to just look in each other's eyes and just acknowledge and uh, you know it's like what you were talking about that moment of turning towards each other of appreciation of saying you know you've got this today yeah you know it's it's you're going to be amazing at that presentation that you've got exactly knowing what each other is up to knowing what's important to each other even in the dumb things like you know, your husband's taking the, the car to the service. You know, how did you go? Did yeah. they give you a hard time? You know, like just dumb things like that. No, but like having that interest. Mm. It's exactly. the simple things. It is the simple things. Um, also, if you think about um, bedtime. Right. And this is something that I've seen a lot happen is you're so tired. You're, you're tucking your kids into bed at night and, you know, you fall asleep there. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't fall asleep 100%. with your kids. <laughs> it so happens. Um, and so I say, you know, come back to your own bedroom, right? And try to go to bed. Even if, okay, A, try to go to bed at the same time. If you can't do that, at least have 10 minutes of phone-free conversation. 10 minutes before you sleep. Mm-hmm. 
maybe the other partner goes back outside and goes to the study and continues reading or watching TV or whatever. But 10 minutes, that's not a lot to ask. Yeah, give yourselves time. Just 10 minutes at night. Um, Walking together, exercising together, is that a thing that people should be doing? It would be great if you can, yeah, for sure. Having an activity together. Mm. Um, But if the activity is the only thing and there is no talking, there is no eye contact. I'm telling you, eye contact is magic. Wow. It sounds so simple. It's so simple, but we lack it so much because where are our eyes normally looking? At our phones. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just... I'm sorry, I'm a bit flawed by how simple all of this um, advice is, but it's true. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We think it has to be something great. We have to put the phones, and this is the thing. I'm going to put my hand up. My husband is going to be listening, I'm sure. He's going to be like, (laughs) you do this, Sally. Um, You know, because I'm like, oh, i got to check this email or whatever. I think we're going to leave the phones, like, at the door. Yeah. Like, have a basket and just put the... Exactly. Get rid of the damn phones. <laughs> I mean, really, just even 10 minutes, man. It's not that much time to, to be away from your phone. Yeah. It's okay. Your phone will live. It'll be fine. Yes. Um, another thing is positive narrative building. What this means is how are you thinking about your partner when they when you're apart from them? Mm, so, okay. So do you look back and think... Oh, that they're so that was so thoughtful, and you know he's such a caring, considerate person, or she's such a resourceful. She's so organized. She just knows these things. She's such a good planner. You know, like what are the adjectives that you are associating with your partner? What if they're negative? What can we do? Well, this is first catch yourself. Catch yourself about what is it that you're saying. So, for instance, as I was running late to the station this morning and I was panicking and my husband said to me, don't worry, it doesn't start till 10.07. I could have taken that as, you don't understand, I'm late and I'm driving to Sharjah. Or the way I saw it was, oh, you know, it starts at 10.07. <laughs> you pay attention. <laughs> you listen to the you show. You listen to the show every month. <laughs> so it's really about what are you, what adjective are you like attaching to your partner? What's the narrative you're building? How are you framing it? How do yes. you frame each situation? Can I just tell you, because I've uh, we talked about this earlier this week and um, I just recently discovered uh, Dr. Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she, in her new Netflix series, she talks about this exact issue. Right. Um, and she talks about the way that we build stories mm-hmm. for ourselves. Something happens... Um, and then, you know, because our mind, if it's a negative thing, if we think it's a negative thing, right. an episode, something has happened, um, we kind of, we have to tell ourselves a story. The brain has to tell itself a story to make sense of what just it has, happened. We have to make meaning. We have to make meaning. And sometimes <laughs> it can be something completely crazily negative, but actually it could be something else. And to actually, she says this, she says, you know, you have to kind of, what she does with her husband is is she says the story I'm currently telling myself is and mm-hmm. she will tell him what she's thinking and he's like no it is this that's 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 the next point that I'm about to make <laughs> check your assumptions because there will be many yes what is the narrative you're building like you know the mom might feel like you don't care about me and the kid that's why you're away yes whereas what is the reality well i'm pushing you away by criticizing you all the time that's what Mm. i'm doing Mm. but dad needs to speak too 
dad needs to share his narrative mom needs to share hers and making an active effort to changing that narrative right like, i'm trying to see this differently yes it's hard but i need to yes oh my gosh this is incredible last words dr shetel as we're about to leave yes um honestly no matter how long into your marriage it has been at this point as you're hearing this it is never too late to make amends and there will be lots and lots of apologies regardless of how much you think you've done your best as a mother as a father as a husband as a wife there's always something to apologize for and to make amends for because we don't realize how much we may have hurt each other in this process and it's never too late to make that new start cuz we're in that we're in that space aren't we when um we trust and we love each other and we use each other's weaknesses against right each other because because we're in that safe space and so we have to stop doing that when you're vulnerable back. yourself instead of asking for support you may attack the other person yeah yeah so and it's never too late to come back put the attack down and reach out reach, reach out reach out I love it. Oh my gosh, always incredible, always insightful. Dr. Sheetal Kini, amazing as always. We're going to see you again next month. Thank you. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.